الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fudil to Shaykh Al-Allama Imam bin Baz Rahimahullahu Ta'ala That book which is entitled Durus Al-Muhammah Li'amat Al-Ummah Important Lessons For the General Masses Of the Ummah We Continue where we left off In last week's class Picking up from the statement of the the author, Amalan biqawlihi ta'ala, working in accordance to the statement, or yani his statement, the Most High. And this is commenting on what was aforementioned, and that was as the author, Imam bin Baz, he had mentioned as relates to the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we affirm for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which he has affirmed from for himself and this is as relates to our belief in Tawheed al-Asma'i wa sifat Imam bin Baz Rahimullah Ta'ala He mentions Without any tahrif Wala ta'atil Wala takyif Wala tamthil That We believe Yani I'm saying meaning We believe in the names and the attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And then as Imam bin Baz He mentions Without tahrif We do not Alter them we do not change the meaning or bring any type of alterations to them whether that is by changing the voweling or by changing the the letters or the word or by bringing another word to bring another meaning false interpretation so on and so forth likewise we do not negate them and we do not Describe for them a description, meaning we don't say how something is done. For example, we don't say how Allah rose above his throne. We don't say how Allah descends because we have not been informed of the how. We have not been informed of the how. So we believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has affirmed for himself that he is above his throne. We believe 
that which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has affirmed for Allah subhanahu wa taala that Allah taala he descends in the last third of the night, so on and so forth. But the how has not been explained, so we don't get into that. We don't speak about the how. And without tamthil, we do not speak about or we do not liken Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to His creation. We do not liken Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to His creation. So for example, individual, he will not say that Allah's hearing is like our hearing, that Allah's sight is like our sight. La. This is kufr. If a person were to say the likes of this and to believe the likes of this, then this is kufr with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is kufr in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this statement here of Imam bin Baz is, is reflective and it goes back to the aforementioned statements when we say working it according to Allah Ta'ala statement meaning that we don't change the meanings we don't negate it we don't try to describe it uh, as as to how we do not liken Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to the creation so on and so forth and this is working by way of Allah Ta'ala statement in other words where do we get these these principles from where do we get these principles from that we do not uh, change and alter the meaning. Where do we get these principles from that we do not uh, negate the meanings? Where do we get these principles from that we do not describe uh, 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 the names and the attributes by saying how and trying to describe the manner in which they are and their reality and so on and so forth? Where do we get yani, this principle from that we do not liken Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the creation? Where, where are these things extracted from? Where are these rules? Where are these principles Yani extracted from they are extracted um, here in particular Imam bin Baz he brings two places two sources in other words two particular texts where we extract these rulings from and they can be found in others but these are just examples of where we get this from the first of them is Allah Ta'ala statement قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدْ is Allah Ta'ala's statement and saying He is Allah the One Allah Samad that Allah is a Samad He is the self-sustaining Master the One who everything it depends on Him the One whom all creatures depend on Him but He Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is not dependent upon anything Naam Lam Yalid Walam Yulad he does not beget, nor was he begotten. He has no children, and he has no parents. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ And there is nothing that is like him. There is nothing that is like him. Naam. This is the first place that we extract these uh, these principles from. Naam. So how to properly believe in the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the next one is one that was given many times um, in these classes. And it is one of the fundamental principles as relates to the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is inside of Allah ta'ala statement as can be found in Surah 
Ashura, verse number 11, ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير That there is nothing that is like him and he is the all-hearer, the all-seer. Naam. The Fadilah al-Shaykh, al-Shaykh Abdul Razak bin Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Badr, Allah Ta'ala, he highlights how these rules are extracted from the aforementioned text. How the rules are extracted from the aforementioned text. And this is very important for us to know as we are obliged to build our aqidah upon proofs and evidences. Naam, we are obliged to build our aqidah upon proofs and evidences. Naam, and this is very important. Is that when it comes to aqidah, Blind following is not allowed. It's not allowed for us to just say, oh, that's what so-and-so says. So that's what we say. Naam. But we have to have proofs and evidences. We have to have Allah said. The Prophet ﷺ said. So on and so forth. Naam. So it has to be built upon proofs and evidences. And the ulama explained that this does not necessarily mean that a person has to memorize the proofs and the evidences and then to always have them with them for the rest of their life. Not necessarily. It means that a person's aqidah has to be built upon the proofs and evidences. In other words, that their belief is formed in light of the proof and evidence. Now, um, and that does not necessarily mean that they will have that particular text at the ready. Right? It doesn't mean they'll have that particular text at the ready. Although it's good to memorize, and the ulama, they have written many books, many, uh, mutun, naam, as they are referred to, small texts that deal with aqidah, that are filled with proofs and evidences, that will help an individual to accomplish this goal of having the proofs and the evidences at the ready for memorizing them, naam. But, um, it's understood and is known not everyone is going to be able to be on that level. Maybe not everyone has the likes of that memory and so on and so forth. Now, so what is muhim? What is muhim is that what is that at the very least, at the very least, now, and not just the very least in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, it's good, but you know, you, if you can't do it, it's so it's okay not to do. It. No, no, no. At the very least, meaning that you have to build it at the bare minimum. What has to be there is what? Is that your belief is built on the proofs and the evidences. Now, this is contrary to the innovators because the innovators, their methodology is, is quite the opposite. And, and that's obvious. Why? Because innovation is that which has no proof and no evidence. So you can't build it upon proof and evidence because the proof and evidence for what they are upon is non-existent. So what they do is they form a belief, right? They form an opinion, and then they look for things that they can twist and misconstrued to fit their opinion and their belief. Ahlul Sunnah, Walilah al-Hamd, those who are upon the way of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, upon the way of his companions, radhiyallahu taala anhum. We don't we don't have to do that. Naam, for us is sami'na wa ta'ana. 
we hear, we obey. That's that's us. We hear, we obey. So we believe the way that the Prophet ﷺ believed and the way he taught us how to believe. We believe the way that the Sahaba they believed from what they learned from the Prophet Wasallam. That's how we believe. We believe and our belief coincides with the teachings of the Quran and of the authentic Sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam, as understood and as believed by the Sahaba. So Alhamdulillah, the proofs and the evidences are there. Alakullihal, we have to build our beliefs upon the proofs and the evidences. Naam. So when the ulama, when they bring things like this, you see the extraction. You see, Imam bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, he just didn't bring this concept, you know, without uh, altering, without denying, you know, to the end of it. He just didn't bring the concept, but then that was it. But rather, he showed where these principles are extracted from. He showed where these principles are extracted from. Naam. Uh, which is very important, because not only do we benefit from uh, that that knowledge not only do we benefit from that knowledge but we also benefit from the overall methodology we also benefit from the overall methodology of Ahl Sunnah that our belief is extracted it is based upon what the book in the Sunnah it is based upon the text and that and that within itself is a very important lesson that within itself is a very important lesson because when it comes to our deen our deen uh, in other words, no matter how great an individual may be, our deen is not because Sheikh so and so said, right? So Sheikh bin Baz, like other Mashaykh, like the ulama of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, what they do is they constantly connect you to the text, so that if a person were to ask you, okay, we don't make tahrif, we don't make ta'atif, we don't make takif, we don't make tamthif, so on and so forth, based upon what a person's answer won't be because that's what I learned from Sheikh bin Baz. No. That's not what, no, that won't be a person's answer. But rather, the answer will be that which Sheikh bin Baz directed us to. And that will be what, I mean, working according to Allah Ta'ala's statement. And then they bring Surah, uh, they bring what? They bring Surah Al-Ikhlas. And then they bring the ayat from Surah Al-Shura. Naam. That makes sense? That makes sense, inshallah. Hey, what is meant by this, right? Working in accordance to Surah Ikhlas and the 11th ayah of Surah Ashura. Sheikh Abdul Razak, he mentions, he says, A, Nuthbitu hadihil sifat, that we affirm these characteristics, we affirm these attributes. Naam, Aminan bihadihi as-surah, working according to this surah, wa hiya tusamma suratul Ikhlas. Naam, working according to this surah and this and uh, working according to this surah and this surah has been named Surah Al Ikhlas. Naam. Now, uh, Surah Al Ikhlas is commonly translated as the chapter of sincerity, right? The chapter of sincerity, and just uh, double checking inside the Noble Quran, right? Uh, here they have in parentheses purity. Now, the chapter of uh, purity. So they translate Ikhlas as purity. Other places is called sincerity. 
right? Now, so we can have a better understanding of what is intended. And this right here shows you how sometimes things are lost in translation, right? Because a translator will try to bring the predominant meaning. But this doesn't mean that there are not other shades to that particular word or that particular sentence and you know phrase so on and so forth now so a lot of times when we hear ikhlas there's a certain thing that comes to an individual's mind right um but I, 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 and inshallah ta'ala i believe we're going to see another another side or another aspect as relates to this i think we're going to see another aspect as relates to this so we can better understand why this surah has this name the Shaykh he mentions, he says, لِأَنَّهَا أُخْلِصَتْ لِبَيَانِ صِفَةِ الرَّبِّ He said, because this surah, it أُخْلِصَتْ نعم, لِبَيَانِ صِفَةِ الرَّبِّ Because it, uh, how are you saying? Because it specifically speaks about and it explains the characteristics of our Lord. Or the characteristic of our Lord, right? It specifically and solely speaks about this affair. Linked to and dealing with the characteristic of our Lord. Nam. So for example, the Shaykh he mentions so much so that if a person were to ask or if a questioner were to question, Men who Allah, who was Allah? Fa'ajaba al Mujib. بِتَلَاوَةِ هَذِهِ الصُّورَةِ لَكَانَ الْجَوَابُ وَافِيًا كَافِيًا فِي التَّعْرِيفِ بِالرَّبِّ He said that if, if, a, if a questioner were to question and to ask and who is Allah if the, if, if the one giving the answer will reply solely by reciting this chapter then that answer it will be sufficient and it will be a concise answer that will sufficiently answer the question and sufficiently uh, give to the questioner the definition of who is our Lord. Naam. Which shows you that it is quite possible that what? That many of us have not reflected and pondered upon this particular chapter. That many of us probably have not pondered upon this particular chapter to fully understand the depth to which this chapter explains who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from that is that what? Is that these, uh, principles that are extracted from it. That is that these principles that are extracted, uh, from this surah, then you will find that they are far reaching as, 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 as relates to having the proper understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani, uh, by way of his names and his attributes, right? The Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, or from them were those who, they understood this. They understood this well. They understood this lesson that perhaps has escaped many from amongst us, but they understood this. Sheikh Abdul Razak, he mentions, he says, فَمَا أَعْظَمَ شَأْنَهَا He says, and how great it is, this, يعني, the affair of this particular chapter, as relates to explaining the characteristic of our Lord. As relates to explaining the characteristic of the Lord. كَمَا فِي قِصَّةِ الصحابي, As it has come inside of the story of the, the noble Sahabi, of Sahabi and Jalil, the noble Sahabi who 
الذي كان يقرأ في كل ركعة كون هو الله أحد the one who he would recite in every single unit of prayer قل هو الله أحد نعم this chapter سورة سورة الإخلاص نعم that has been called that chapter why because it solely deals with the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it solely deals with the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or as translated in the noble Quran purely deals with the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so now maybe that will give us a, some more insight on why uh, they chose that particular word to use to express that the purity because it purely speaks about the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Naam. This particular Sahabi, he in every rakah he would recite this surah. Naam, he would recite this surah, uh, regardless of whatever whatever else he recited. Naam, he would also recite this surah as well. Naam, فَأَشْكَلَ ذَلِكَ عَلَى يعني مَنْ مَعَهُ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ So those who were with him from the Sahaba, this was problematic for them, as it comes inside of some of the texts uh, that they suggested to him. Listen, either recite. Yani, uh, Surah Ikhlas, and then that's it, or recite something else, then that's it. In other words, they, they didn't have a problem with him reciting Surah Ikhlas in every, in every, uh, uh, rak'ah, but because he would, no matter what he recited, he would make sure he recited Surah Ikhlas. So they was like, listen, just recite one or the other, you know, you don't have to do them both, just recite one or the other. فَأَخْبَرُوا النَّبِينَ عَلَيْهُ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ So they told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they just didn't keep that to themselves, but you know, they wanted to know. So they informed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam over this, and that, uh, you know, over this particular companion who would always recite, uh, uh, Surah Ikhlas. فَقَالَ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, سَلُوهُ لِأَيِّ شَيْءٍ يَصْنَعُوا ذَلِكَ He said, so ask him, what is the reason that he does that? Naam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he told his companions, "Y'all go ask him, what's the reason? Why is he doing that? Now ask him the reason." And there are many beautiful lessons that can be taken from that. Many beautiful lessons that can be taken from that. Now, and just reflect on that methodology in dealing with things and and interacting with people. Think about how many problems will be averted. How much suspicion will be averted, right? If we were to utilize this methodology, that if a companion of ours or someone that we know or, or in contact with and so on and so forth, right, from the Muslims, they do something that we don't quite get, we don't quite understand, how easy of a, of a solution is it to simply just ask that person about it, right? It seems like, uh, it, 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 it seems like the, the, the most simplest solution, but unfortunately, a lot of times this, this is not what happens. People get to assuming, right? They get, they have, yeah, they, into having su'udhan, you know, evil thoughts and so on and so forth, when they could have alleviated all of that by just asking, why did you do that? Why did you say this? Right? You know, what, 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 what motivated you to make that statement? So on and so forth. And, the answer was shed light. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he directed the companions who asked about this, who brought this inquiry to him, ask him why he's doing that. Naam. So they asked. 
فَقَالَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَلْهُ So he said, لِأَنَّهَا صِفَةُ الرَّحْمَانِ وَأَنُ أُحِبُّ أَنْ أَقْرَأْ بِهَا He said, because it is the description of the most merciful. It is, it is the description of the most merciful, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, and I love to recite it. I love to recite it. فَلَمَّا أُخْبِرَ النَّبِينَ صلى الله عليه وسلم بذلك قال أخبروه أن الله يحبه وفي وفي الحديث آخر حبك إياها أدخلك أدخلك الجنة نعم that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he he told he told those companions who would ask and then they went يعني about the situation he told them ask them they went and they asked them they came back with the answer the Prophet said, let me tell him, okay, now Yah tell him, Yah inform him that Allah loves him. Yah inform him that Allah loves him. And inside of another hadith, it mentions, and the Prophet he said to the companion, your love for them, meaning your love for these verses, they have entered you into Jannah. Your love for these verses, they have entered you into Jannah. Naam. Meaning, due to the love of these verses, due to your love that you have for these verses, yani, you, you, you've been, uh, granted the, the Jannah. Naam. In any event, these concepts, they come out as relates to this particular, uh, surah. From them, as is obvious, is what? Is that we are one affirming for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributes. We are affirming for Allah ta'ala attributes inside of this surah. Naam. Also, inside of this surah, we are affirming that there is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one, we are affirming attributes for Allah. We are affirming that there is nothing like Allah. And we are negating from Allah that which He has negated from Himself. So I want you to listen to that. These principles, because these principles, they are principles that are needed to build the proper belief in the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that one is that what? We affirm, we affirm that which Allah ta'ala has affirmed for himself. We affirm that which the Prophet has affirmed uh, to Allah. So we affirm Allah's attributes. That's one, right? And we see that because his attributes are mentioned inside of this surah. قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Say, He is Allah the One. Allahu Samad. Allah is a Samad. So on and so forth. Naam. And then what? We are negating for Allah that which He has negated for Himself. We negate from Allah that which is not befitting. That could be seen where? In Allahu Ta'ala's statement, لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ He does not have children, nor does He have parents. Allah negated for Himself children and parents. So we negate for Allah children and parents. Naam. And also, that... There is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we negate that anything is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that can be seen inside of Allah ta'ala's statement. And that there is nothing that is like him. And that there is nothing whatsoever that is like him. Naam, that makes sense? Right. Also, where we get these same, uh, where we get these same concepts from, which link back to what was aforementioned by Imam bin Baz rahimahullah ta'ala 
as it goes on to say, and working according to his his the most high statement, there is nothing that is like him. And he is the all hearer, the all seer. Naam. Sheikh Abdul Razak he mentions, he says, he said from the standpoint that Ethbeta Subhanahu that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala He has affirmed for himself He has affirmed from himself Asama hearing Wal Basar and seeing Naam Allah has affirmed for himself hearing and seeing Bad Nafi Lil Mithliya but this is after he had negated anything being like him. I'm going to say that again. Allah affirmed from himself hearing and seeing after he negated anything being like him. After he negated anything being like him. That right there is tremendous. Naam. That right there is what? It's tremendous. Why? And I, and I want you to write this down that from the things extracted from this verse right? Is that what? As the Shaykh he mentions, فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ إِثْبَاتَ الصِّفَاتِ لَا يَسْتَلْزَمْ التَّشْبِيهِ Because this shows us the proofs, yani, uh, one of the principles that is extracted from this, and the principles is that what? Is that affirming the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it does not necessitate likening Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the creation. Let <coughs> me say that again. That affirming the attributes does not necessitate likening Allah to the creation. Now, فَهُوَ سُبْحَانَهُ لَا يُشْبِهُهُ شَيْءٍ Because Allah, glory be unto Him, there is nothing that is like Him. There is nothing that is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La fi dhati, not in himself. Wa la fi sifati, not in his attributes. Wa la fi af'ani, and not in his actions. There is nothing that is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does it take away from this? Is that what? Is that Allah ta'ala, he is the hearing. But nothing hears like him. He is the seeing. But nothing sees like him. You understand, and then you can take that and 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 apply it to the rest of the uh, rest of the names and the attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Naam. So Allah Taala, He has a hand. Yes, nothing has a hand like Him. There is nothing like Him. Naam. Allah Taala, He has eyes. There's nothing like Him. No one has eyes like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Naam, Allah Ta'ala's eyes, nothing could uh, compare to it. Right? That makes sense? So, the affirmation of his names and his attributes does not necessitate liking his uh, names and his attributes. Does not necessitate liking his names and attributes. And this is the one in the misunderstandings of the people of innovation. Because the people of innovation, what they don't realize is that what? There is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? 
They don't realize this reality. So because something comes and it is similar in the phrase that is used, their mind equates that to being like it. Something could be similar in name, but its reality completely different. They don't realize this simple fact. Now, they don't realize this simple fact. So they say, for example, so they will negate the fact that Allah hears or yani, so on and so forth. They say, well, well, how? Because humans hear. Yeah, subhanAllah. Did you not see the, the, what was before that? Laysa kemiflihi shay. There is nothing like him. You understand what I'm saying? So nothing hears like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is perfect in all of his attributes. The creation is imperfect. The creation is not perfect. Naam? So it can never be like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the fact that the name is similar does not mean the reality is similar or the reality is the same. Right? This because the name is similar does not mean the reality is the same. You understand? And I give you a very simple example, a low example, right? I give you a very low and simple example. Uh, a hand. Human beings have a hand. Raccoons have hands, right? The clock has hands, correct? Are these hands the same? No, they're different. They're not the same. The hand of a raccoon is not like the hand of a human. The hand of a human is not like the hand of a of a gorilla, right? The hand of a of a gorilla is not like the hand of a of a, of a clock. But they all have the same name. Just because the name is similar does not mean the reality is similar. Naam. Likewise, the human beings we see, an eagle sees, a dog sees, so on and so forth. Are those sights the same? No, the sights differ. Naam. Yeah, subhanAllah. <laughs> You know, a, uh, a very practical and, and very even more simpler and obvious example. You may have people out there with 2020 vision. Shave. I don't have 2020 vision. You know, so if you remove my spectacles, uh, I don't see like they see. They don't see like I see. You see what I'm saying? So this because it, the name is the same doesn't mean the reality is the same, but this is a very simple concept that escapes the people of innovation why because they don't base their beliefs upon the text they base their beliefs upon their desires upon their intellect and so on and so forth because where, where where else would you get such a concept that they are running upon except from your own mind but the person who submits to the text the person who submits to the text will never reach that conclusion why because he has staring in his face or she has staring in her face Lisa Kamifi shape there is nothing that is like him. Naam. So once you have that and once you understood that, then there's no problem for, 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 for you to understand what? Well, who was Samir al-Basir? He is the all-hearer, the all-seer. There's no problem. That makes sense. Inshallah <laughs> ta'ala. The Sheikh goes on and he mentions, he says, with Tawheed, with Tawheed al sifat the Tawheed in the names and the attributes, يَقُومُ عَلَىٰ رُكْنَيْنِ They are established upon two pillars. They are established upon two pillars. 
ishtami'a fi hadhihi al-ayah and they come together in this ayah and I want you to write this down I want you to write these two pillars down these two pillars in which are extracted from this verse laysa kamithlihi shay' wa huwa as-sami'ul basir I want you to write down these two pillars that are extracted from this verse and the two pillars that the the that our belief in the names and the attributes of Allah yani are upon okay two pillars extracted from these ayat this verse here and also from surah ikhlas as well from the whole chapter and they are at-tanzih bila ta'til that is to negate from Allah that which is not befitting that which he has negated for himself Naam. that we negate from Allah that which he has negated from himself like for example that Allah he does not have children that Allah he does not have parents Naam, so on and so forth from those things that come in the text where Allah has negated it for himself that we negate these things we negate these things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however we do not deny that which Allah has affirmed for himself and this is what is meant by tanzih bila ta'atil that we negate from Allah that which he has negated from uh, yani, uh, uh, for himself but we do not deny that which Allah has affirmed for himself we don't deny it whatever Allah has affirmed for himself we believe in it so that's the first pillar is that we negate we negate from Allah that which he has negated from himself and we do not deny or without denying that which Allah has affirmed for himself so let me say it again maybe more 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 smoother uh, 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 verbiage we negate from Allah that which he has negated from himself without denying that which he has affirmed for himself we get that from surah al-ikhlas and from this ayah and surah ash-shura naam also al-ithbat bila tamthil that's the second pillar is that we affirm for allah that which he has affirmed for himself without likening it to the creation without likening it to the creation naam that makes sense faman jahada shay'an min asma'illah wa sifatihi so whoever he has denied something from the names and the attributes of allah naam wa nafaha and he negates them Whoever denies that which is affirmed for Allah in the book and the Sunnah, and they negate it, فَلَيْسَ بِمُؤْمِنٍ They're not a believer. This is from the reasons why the likes of this is so very important for us to know. Now, this is the reason why the likes of this is so important for us to know. Because we want to be believers, right? We want to believe. You know, no one accepts Islam to be a kafir. Correct? You understand? 
that's like coming in. The, that's like coming in the house through the door, and then you jump out the side window. That doesn't make any sense. If you want to be in the house, where you jump out the window for? If you want, if you jumped out the window, then why you come in in the first place? You understand? We we accepted Islam. We want to be want to be believers. Want to be believers. So that necessitates that we believe correctly. In order to believe correctly, then we have to learn. We have to learn right. We have to learn right. You understand? Now, I want you to reflect on that concept. Learning correctly. Learning right. And then I want you to look at and to think about and ponder over the innovator. How the innovator is teaching incorrectly. How the innovator is teaching misbeliefs, false beliefs, and so on and so forth. Now, compare that to or look at that in light of what we're trying to accomplish and uh, perhaps we can understand from another angle the danger of the of the innovator now, that's a dangerous situation that's a dangerous individual that's an individual who is extreme you know, to say counterproductive is you know is is really uh, uh, you know uh, what would you say is an understatement is an understatement in any event Whoever describes a how, whoever describes a how to the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what? Takif. Whoever describes a how, saying Allah does such and such like this. Right? Firstly, we have no way of knowing that. Allah didn't tell us, so we can't speak about it. We only speak about Allah that which He has informed us of. We only speak about Allah that which the Prophet has informed us of. That's it. We don't we don't say anything else. Naam, we don't say anything else. Aw Shabbaha the Sifatin Makhlukin or whoever likens the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the created things, to the, to the attributes of creation. Naam, the sifat, al-makhluqeen, with the attributes of the creation. Then this person is not a believer. This person is not a believer. Naam, wa'iyadu billah. Subhanallah, amma yasifoon, wa ta'ala, amma yaqulu zalimoon. Allah Ta'ala is far above and removed that which they describe him with and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high he is far above and removed that which the criminals say قال the mu'allif he mentioned وَقَدْ جَعْلَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ this is after speaking about the أَقْسَامُ التَّوْحِيدِ the categories of a tawheed being three. After mentioning that there are three, he mentions, he says, but some of the people of knowledge have made them into two. Some of the people of knowledge have made them into two. Naam. Uh, yeah, his complete statement, some of the ulama they have made them into two categories. A three categories of tawheed. They say they two categories of tawheed. And we went over this before in class, but this is a, a this is a, a, a brief uh, 
um, review. Now, this is a, be- a brief review. The reason why, they're all saying the same thing, but the reason why is because they're looking at it from a, 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 a different angle. They're looking at it from a different angle. As opposed to looking at them from the uh, unique definition of each category, right? They don't look at them as the itemized categories themselves, but they break them down according to the overall concept and type. The overall concept and type, if that makes sense. So those who say that there are two, they combine Tawheed al-Asma'i wa Sifat, the Tawheed of the name and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they combine that with Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. They combine it with Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. Why? Because these are the same in type because both of these are categories. Both of these categories deal with knowledge. Both of these categories deal with knowledge. Now, whereas, yani these are amali, right? Whereas at Tawheed, Al-Uluhiyyah, this type deals with what? I'm going to give you a second to answer that with the, the, to yourselves. If this one deals with knowledge, then the other one must deal with what? Action. It deals with action. Right? So when you look at it from the standpoint of categories that deal with knowledge and action, then it's going to break down into two. Because at Tawheed and Uluhiyyah, it is action. Because now you have to single out Allah with your ibadah, your worship. Naam? So that worship is an action. Okay? But when it comes to a Tawheed al-Rububiyyah and Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, then this is connected to what? To knowledge. Connected to knowledge. So when you look at it from the standpoint of knowledge and action, then it's going to be two categories. Because Uluhiyyah, category by itself, Rububiyyah, Wal-Asma'i Wal-Sifat, Wal-Asma'i Wal-Sifat, category by itself. Naam? But then if you go and you break it down to what yani the uh the actual categories themselves or the, yani themselves then it's going to be what three categories because you have one that's connected to Allah's lordship one connected to names and attributes one connected to worship that makes sense inshallah now because of that because in essence everyone is saying the same thing but just in different ways they're expressing the same thing just in different ways from different angles, different standpoints, right? All saying the same thing. Because of that, uh, Shaykh bin Baz, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, yani, wala mashaha fi thalik. And there's no problem with that. Why? Because everybody's saying the same thing. And then he mentions, he says, the end al-maqsur wa'adih. Wa kila, yani fi kila taqsimayin. He said, because what is intended it is clear in both breakdowns. With both ways of breaking it down, it's clear. You come, you, you, you reach the same conclusion. It's just different ways of saying and expressing and explaining the same exact thing. Now, in any event, as mentioned, 
few 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 weeks ago, right? Uh, matters like this are very important for us to know. Matters like this are very important for us to know. What are the categories of a tawheed? And how do the ulama look at these categories? And why do some say two and some say three? Now, those who say two, we know why they say two. Those who say three, we know why they say three. Okay, what about those who say four? What about those who say four? They say there are actually four categories of a tawheed. And the fourth category of a tawheed is tawheed al-hakimiyya. What about those? Those who say the tawheed of the, the, yani the rulership, uh, law, law making, and so on and so forth. What about those? What about those ones? <laughs> if you hear somebody talking like that, run for the hills. Save your skin. Cause that person, he's mubtadi. That person, he is khariji. Takfiri. That person is khariji. He's a takfiri. You know, Mubtada, innovator, run for the hills. Only the innovators talk with that. Because as aforementioned, as aforementioned, explained, those, yani, uh, the concept of that, uh, it is only Allah who legislates and so on and so forth, that's covered in the three categories of it. So, hey, there's no reason to single it out and to separate it. And the only reason that they do that is for their devilish agenda and their devilish aim. And that is to make takfir upon those whom they say is not ruling by Allah's book. It's not ruling by what Allah has revealed. And that's why they, they, they highlight that because they want to make takfir on people. That's their door to make takfir on the Muslims. That's their door to try to bring legitimacy to their khariji way. Now, I'm so run for the hills. If you hear somebody talking about four, now nah, run for the hills. That person, he's a mutadik. That person, he's an innovator. Run for the hills. Don't sit with them. Don't drink with them. Don't walk with them. Don't talk with them. Run for the hills. Nah, run for the hills. Save your skin. Safety is better. And there's nothing like it. And then, the Sheikh gets into the next, the next issue as relates to what is necessitated or what we benefit, some of the fruits from understanding correctly the categories of it tawheed but bithnilahi ta'ala I want to save that for the next class because that is also followed up by some examples from the Quran as relates to the concepts in which he's going to bring in uh, yani, uh, that particular section so we want to save that and deal with that as uh, one concept in, inside of one class bithnilahi ta'ala so we could uh, better benefit uh, so that we could better take it and better grasp it inshallah ta'ala naam so with fresh minds we'll come back and we'll tackle uh, that next uh, session inshallah ta'ala or that next section inshallah ta'ala fa naktafi bihadha al-qadar wa sallam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in وجزاكم الله خيرا